F1 Indie Girls with Soraya and Sherelle. We are two girls who love Formula One and IndyCar. Let's get right into our Brazilian GP recap. I think it's only fair if we start with talking about the sprint weekend because I feel like that has been the talk of the weekend, whether it was asking the drivers, do they like it? Do they not like it? What were the team's opinions? So Sherelle, what is your opinion on the sprint weekend? Great question. So I think I personally like the sprint weekends just because I feel like it gives more excitement throughout the weekend, um, especially if you're attending the race in person because then you're not sitting through a bunch of practices. You have, you know, things that feel like they actually matter going on. Um, not that the practices don't matter, but... It's just a lot more exciting being able to watch that. But yeah. I can see how, you know, some people don't necessarily like it because they feel like it gives away what's going to happen in the race because, oh, here's a mini race so you can see who's good and bad, like, you know, yeah, what cars work around here, what cars don't. And yeah. so, like, I get that. But I feel like, especially if you're going to be there in person, mm-hmm. a sprint weekend is the way to go. Um, There's more excitement to it. Yeah. It's just, overall, I think it's just so much fun to watch. I like how they, like, brought in the sprint last year, um, but I wasn't a huge fan of how it went last year, being like, oh, qualifying, you know, is the setup for the sprint? Sprint, is the setup for the race? And I was just like, I just didn't like that. And so I like this year how it's like, okay, qualify, you have qualifying, and qualifying is your setup for the race. And sprint is its own little thing where you have a like mini sprint qualifying or sprint shootout as they call it. And then you have your sprint. And I think it's just more action. You can see more wheel to wheel like we saw this weekend. Like there was so much wheel to wheel action on the like throughout the whole grid. And I think that was really awesome to see this weekend. It made me a lot more like excited to watch and be like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? But I do see other people's point of views where it was like, okay, it does kind of take away of what's happening in the race. And people are like, oh, well, we know this team isn't going to be good in the sprint because, or in the race because they did bad in the sprint. And so I can kind of see that. But I also just like, as someone who has watched F1 for several years, practices have just become something I don't watch anymore because they're just not entertaining to me there's like no action and I so I watched qualifying and the race but now there's one practice that sometimes I watch depending on if you know if I have the time or not but then I'm like I have to watch the sprint shootout qualifying the sprint race and the race I just have to watch it all and it just makes my weekend more exciting, I have to say. So, and I know a lot of the drivers like it too. Um, it'll be interesting to see what changes they bring into the sprint next year. Yeah, I think um, I think they briefly mentioned in the broadcast, but I think it might be good for them to switch like actual qualifying back to Saturday um, and just have like the sprint shootout um, Friday afternoon with the sprint race Saturday. Um, just so those who don't want to watch the sprint, um, who maybe work on 
Friday can still watch qualifying and know what's happening for the race. Yeah, that's... I think it'll be... I don't know. I feel like we're just in a trial period, so I think it'll be cool to see how this one works. And if it doesn't work, then I'm sure they'll find some way that works sooner or later. Yeah. (laughs) Don't think F1's going to stop becoming a sport anytime soon. Yeah. And I think one other thing that I really like about Sprint is that they don't have as much time to set up the car. And so it really, you know, pushes them to get it right from the beginning. They, you know, if they don't get it right, well, they don't have time to go make all these changes and try again. Like, like you they have it. to be on top of it. And so sometimes it, you know, can throw things off a little bit just because, oh, <laughs> you know, they didn't get it right or things like that. So, yeah, no, for sure. I agree. For Brazil and then our last two races, I'm kind of sad. We only have two more races left in this season. It has gone by so fast. We are going to start a new segment called Our Driver of the Day and the Low of the Weekend. Let's start off with our Driver of the Day. Mine, of course, if you listened to last week's podcast, mine favorite driver is Lando. And Lando had an absolute amazing weekend. So he's my Driver of the Day. And I think several other people agreed with me because he was also the driver of the day in the, in the race. But sprint shootout, Lando Pole. I had high hopes going into the sprint that Lando would win. Even if it's not a race, it's still a win. And Lando needs his first win. But I'll take second place in the sprint. I will take it. Qualifying may have not been as good as he got P7. But he made it up in the race by going to P2 in the turn one and battled really hard with Max. We'll get into that a little bit later. But he battled with Max, possibly, you know, had a chance of getting P1, but didn't happen. Made me kind of sad. But Orlando had an amazing weekend. So good to see him at the top fighting for P2 and fighting for that pole and just, oh, I can feel his win coming soon. <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> that would be great for Lando if he could get that win. I definitely agree with you. He had a great weekend. My driver of the day, unsurprisingly, is Checo. I feel like, again, a lot of people kind of agreed with that. He was, I think, second in those, you know, when they showed percentages of driver of the day votes. Um you know, didn't get the best qualifying, and we'll go into why a little <laughs> bit later, but, you know, really fives way back up during the race. I feel like overall his weekend was just a whole lot better um, than he we started the last third in the sprint. Yes, started third in sprint, you know, got that third place, you know, or in, in the sprint at the end. Um, and just even throughout qual- qual- qualifying has been a whole lot closer to Max than he has been for a while now. And so it was just really good to see that improvement this weekend for Checo. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Checo, not only do I think he needed it, but I think the Checo fans needed it as well. 
Now on to the little bit more sad part of the weekend, our low of the weekend. Mine definitely has to be my boy Charles. I was completely heartbroken from him in the race to see him starting in P2 and having that, you know, possibility of, you know, fighting Max for getting pole and all these, or not pole, getting that P1 and then crashing out in the formation lap because of issues and it uh, I was so heartbroken the radio message of him saying why am I so bleeping unlucky has stuck in my mind and it makes me so sad seeing his post after the race and him just looking completely devastated and heartbroken I don't even know like I don't even know what to do I just want to give him a big hug and be like you got this but I feel like He's had so many good highs in this season, but at the same time, I feel like there's been a little bit more lows. The Ferrari team needs to get it together. I feel, as a Ferrari fan, I feel so devastated. Yeah. I feel like, really, Charles's luck this year has been so bad. It's just been one thing after another for him. Um, I saw a thing today, actually, talking about how he has not only had a DNF this um, season, but he's also had a disqualification and a did not start. He's had it all. And so just the amount of, you know, bad luck that he has had just makes me so sad. But I decided to go with a different low of the weekend, <laughs> so we didn't overlap on that. Um, my low of the weekend, I think, was just Mercedes pace. Oh, that was also very devastating. Yeah. I, you know, with it being Brazil, I was hoping that Lewis would have a good race. Um, but they just had a rough weekend. Um, both in the sprint and the race. I mean, Russell had his, you know, retirement later on in the race. And they just... You know, did not have the pace. They started up towards the front, but just kind of dropped from there. And so, you know, I think from coming off of the last few weekends where they looked, you know, pretty good to then come back and have them be so far off was kind of sad to see. I do agree. That was sad. It was unexpected almost. I was, like you said, expecting Hamilton to at least make it on the podium, you know, he, he's good luck in Brazil. And I think the fans were also looking forward to seeing him get on the podium, but Mercedes car just wasn't it in Brazil. And I know Hamilton was very sad. Russell was upset. Toto was upset. And they kind of just said, we are not doing anything to this year's car and we are completely focusing on next year's car and going to make it better but yet they said that last year and look at their car now but i have hopes yeah, yeah. high hopes well and i think it's so you know sad to see especially when you think of brazil last year and you know you had um 
Russell getting his first win. First win. And, you know, them being up at the top at Brazil last year to then come back this year and just be so far off. Well, they've been on, on the top in Brazil for years because Valtteri's had wins. Hamilton's had wins there. They've had several podiums. So I think it was a little devastating for them. Yeah, I, I was talking to my brother who is a huge Mercedes fan. He loves Lewis. And he was so excited because he was like, oh, I love Brazil. It's my favorite. Mercedes always does well. And then coming off after the weekend, he was like, I thought Mercedes was supposed to do well here. (laughs) The heartbreak. The heartbreak. Well, let's get into our recap by starting off with qualifying. I I don't even know what to say about qualifying. It was so weird. You start off with bright, sunny, you know, good weather, bad weather kind of coming in towards, um, you know, the middle. And then Q3, it went, I swear, watching it, it went from sunny. And like two seconds later, it looks like it was straight up nighttime in Brazil with rain and wind. But it wasn't rain rain. It was the drivers were like, it's not raining, but it feels like it's raining. And there was so much wind. And it was it was crazy to see. Qualifying was qualifying was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I was working, so I didn't like watch it in person. Um, or watch it live, I should say. But I have seen some stuff, you know, after. And it sounds like... The winds were pretty bad, knocking over some of the, um, like, coverings of the grandstands. You know, injuring a few people. Yeah, that was really sad to see. That was, it was crazy. I mean, they couldn't even finish Q3. They yeah. red flagged it, and then it was, I don't, I it was, it wasn't expecting interviews, to be honest. And... They all went in to weigh in, as they do after the race, because that's something they have to do. And then they shove Max, Charles, and Stroll into the safety car garage and say, we're interviewing you in here. And I was like, I was about to turn it off. I was like, oh, they're not going to do interviews. And right before I did, you know, surprisingly, they did do interviews. And I was, I was kind of shocked. But Well, let's talk about Lance. Being up there, that was, I think, very unexpected this weekend. Especially, again, coming off of them bringing upgrades and not looking good the last few weeks. So now, come back and be up towards the front again. I think, not to diss Aston Martin, but I think a lot of what happened in Q3 had to do with their strategy. They were one of the first ones out on the track. Which means, you know, they had better, they had more clean air, they, their strategy, they got there before the rain did, they got out there before Oscar had his yellow flag, which we'll talk about here in a second, but I think they had a really good strategy coming into Q3, Um, unlike a lot of the other drivers where they waited in their garage, Um, but they got out there and Stroll set that great lap. And was able to keep it. And P3, 
Stroll does not get P3. Aston Martin has not been good recently. But then to follow it, Fernando getting P4. I think it was a great weekend for Aston Martin in qualifying and in the race. Yeah. Sight to see. <laughs> but on the sad note, Oscar. Poor Oscar. He did not have a good weekend with qualifying and the race he ended up spinning off the track and causing a yellow flag which of course messed up his time so he ended up p10 starting which then of course affected checo's time yeah i did i did see that part because i had to find (laughs) out why why checo was so low um but it looks like checo was the only driver behind oscar on the track and so, really, he was the main driver. Well, other than Oscar, he was the, you know, the other driver that was really affected by that yellow that got brought out by that spin. Yeah, it wasn't, there wasn't much um, that really, who else got affected. But Checo did end up getting, you know, P9, um, but he made up great places in the race. And so that was awesome to see. I think... Qualifying overall was just, it was very interesting to see. You know, you had some people at the top who you don't see at the top. And I feel like midfield and bottom were our usual midfield and bottom. There wasn't really much else to it. The sprint shootout had a lot more action into it. Yes, it did. Um... So the first big thing I have that I remember is we had Alcon and Alonzo and their little moment on track. <sighs> I don't even... That was something. Alonzo blamed Alcon. Alcon blamed Alonzo. But in the end, I feel like you can't really blame either one of them. Mm-hmm. Alonzo, people say that he could have given... Alcon a little bit more room. Alcon kind of lost a little bit control of his car. Yeah. And ended up... So, like, really, I feel like it was more of a racing incident than either Alonzo's issue or Alonzo's thing. Yeah. If, like, you had to, I'd kind of lean more towards it being Alcon's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Just because um, he did lose control. Of the car a little bit, which led to him hitting into Into. Alonso. And so, yeah, I definitely put a little bit more on Alcon than I would Alonso. But, you know, I guess Alonso could have given a little bit more space, but yeah. The other big thing that I feel like happened during the shootout was the traffic and impeding in the pit lane. Oh, yes. It was so bad. You had Max literally having to pass on the grass, several drivers complaining that someone else is in their way. Mm-hmm. They had these, you know, the rules that they set up in Brazil that they couldn't stop in the pit lane like you can in some other places. They had to keep going and they had to move as far left so the other drivers can get around, but not all drivers followed that and it just made drama yeah. <laughs> to, F- to the sprint shootout. I feel like... You know, it's something that we've seen more and more often um, within the last few races, I feel like, is, you know, that stopping at the end of pit lane to try and build that gap. But then 
maybe we all waited a little bit too long to try to get back out on track. And so now people are like, are we going to make it around to be able to get our lap in? And so it's just creating a problem. <laughs> and <laughs> I think, yeah, even though they set those rules this weekend, yeah, still having some problems there. Um, another thing with the sprint shootout is that we had both Alpha Towers make it into SQ3. I was so happy to see Danny come back like that and have a huge, like, great sprint shootout. To see Yuki having a good shootout just shows that Alpha Tauri, they can fight at the top. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't necessarily fight at the top all the time. But when they do, you know, they can. And they proved it. They proved it in the sprint, too. Yeah. Yeah. They proved it in the sprint. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we cannot go without mentioning once again, Lando Norris getting pole. I screamed. I don't scream at things, but I screamed of joy when I saw Lando pass Verstappen in time and my roommates thought I was crazy (laughs) and looked at me like I was insane for screaming at the TV. (laughs) But how can I not be happy about Lando getting pull? Like, you just have to be. I know, and it's something we've waited, like, so long for. I think, if I remember correctly, it's been since 2021, since we last had Lando you know, on pole, on pole. And so to be able to get that again, so happy for him. I think, you know, just another boost for, for his confidence, you know, after having watched Oscar get his first win, first win, just to, you know, be up there at the top fighting. I think just him continuing to build that confidence in himself and the car is really good for him. Definitely. Completely agree. Love Lando so much. (laughs) So let's move on to the actual sprint race now. We had Max, of course, getting a great start. Passing Lando right away made me so sad. But not really surprising at this point. I think we all know going into these that unless something real bad happens to Max, most likely... He's going to pull it off. Definitely. Uh, it was good. It was good to see um, the wheel-to-wheel action throughout the whole field. And not just in the beginning. I feel like a lot of our races have just been fighting within the top 10, within the top 5. But we had wheel-to-wheel action from the very back of the grid to the very front of the grid. And I don't think that's happened very often to, like, at all. Yeah. I would say um, once Lando made it past the Mercedes, like, got back past them, him and Max kind of went off and were on their own. But, like, from their back, you know, we had some good fighting. Um, Checo with the Mercedes boys, you know, getting back past them. Um, Once he got into third, kind of getting that same thing. He, was, he took off. He took off. But just up and down the whole grid, really just good fighting. Um, 
I think it's always good to see when we get that fighting, but not with like incidents. They yeah. all kept it clean, were respectful, and just some really good fighting. I think I know we saw quite a bit of it during the sprint race between Danny, Carlos, and Oscar. The three of them were all so close to each other. It was just, you know, one minute. You know, Danny would be trying to pass Carlos, and then Oscar's jumping in on it. It was so fun to see. I didn't know who to root for. I know. <laughs> all I honesty. Like, I love you all. Like, <laughs> whoever ends up on top, I'm happy. But I, I love the fighting. <laughs> I loved it, too. I was cheering on Danny. I was cheering on Oscar. I was cheering on Carlos. I... My roommates were watching it with me once again, and the comment they make is, why can't you make up your mind? <laughs> and I go, I love them all, and I want them all to be up there. And so whoever wins, whoever's up there is up there, and I will be happy. <laughs> and it ended up being that Science um, passed them, you know, Science was up there, and then Danny, and then Oscar, but I... I loved that fight. I could watch that over and over and over again. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, there's one that went like right to the very end. I think Danny was trying to pass Carlos Science. right at the very end. Didn't it was happen. So though. close. I think he was finished like a tenth or so behind Carlos. Something like that. It wasn't it wasn't far off. Yeah. I think it might have been two tenths. Two tenths or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It wasn't I super... know they were they were close. Super far off, but one driver that really impressed me throughout the sprint was Yuki. He ended up being P6 and passing Lewis Hamilton. I feel like you do not see an Alpha Tauri passing a Mercedes. Yeah. But once again, Mercedes did not have a good weekend. The fight wasn't there for Mercedes, but an Alpha Tauri being in P, uh, above P10. And fighting for a position against Mercedes was just so awesome to see. And I I love Lewis, but I was 100% cheering on Yuki the whole time. Yeah, I think it's always so good when we see those drivers who don't usually get their moment in the spotlight like that. Um, being able to, especially when they're fighting up against someone who has as much experience as Lewis. Other thing I found interesting with the Mercedes is that they got such a good start off the line. You know, they both made up positions on the start. Um, Russell and Lewis both made it past Checo. Um, I think one of them made it past Lando. But then after that, they just slowly, you know, fell back. They did. I just could not keep that pace. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see which version, not really version, but, you know, it seems to be back and forth whether the car is good or bad. And so it'll be interesting to see how it goes in Vegas, whether we're going to get the good or the bad. <laughs> it will be interesting. On to, last but not least, the race which I feel like had so many good highs. Yes. Did have a couple lows, and I feel like it's only fair to bring up Charles once again. His engine and power steering loss 
made it so he couldn't turn anymore and slowly it wasn't a slow crash but it wasn't a huge high impact crash either mm-hmm. to where it was super bad and he just ended up hitting the wall and it was devastating to see him just hitting that steering wheel steering wheel <laughs> and just being absolutely devastated and one thing I did think it was funny, he was walking back and there's like three photographers around him trying to get a picture and he's just trying to get out of the way. And I think it was, that was funny to see. But I will say I loved all the shots we got of him during the red flag. He's, you know, out there running across the grass. <laughs> Another low of the race. Lap one. We couldn't even couldn't even make it to turn one. Couldn't yes. even make it to turn one without Albon and K Mag crashing into each other. Not blaming either one of them. Can't really go three wide in most places on the track. They kinda of, the Hasses and Albon were trying to go three wide. Yeah. Didn't end up working. You know, people didn't know they had someone next to them. Type of, you know, just yeah. Too much, too small of a space for three cars. Yep, and I, I feel like we've seen it so many times this year. Anytime you try to get three wide, especially on that start, somebody's like, not making it out of it. Or someone or some people. Yeah. Um, but not only did it end up affecting their race, but we also had it affect Danny and Oscar's race. Yeah, because K-Mag ended up hitting Oscar, hitting his front wing, front wing hitting his <laughs> rear, rear wing yeah i think damaging the floor quite a bit as well yeah and then we had albon's tire decide to go ruin danny's race it just, it's his rear wing the tire really wanted to race albon's car did not want to race but i also think it's really interesting f1 has really tried to make it so we don't have tires running down the track yeah, um, and it's and we've seen it a few times this year, actually. I remember have. the shot, I think it was during the sprint in Baku, where Yuki's tire just, you know, starts rolling, rolling down the racetrack. It's made some quite funny memes, I will have to say. <laughs> I've seen several of them talking about how Albon's tire... You know, made it farther than Albon did in the race. And yeah. then you have the sad ones being like, at the tire made it farther, farther than, than the Ferrari, Ferrari. Yeah. which makes me sad for Charles to see things like that. But it was a very devastating race for not only Albon and K-Mag, but Osco, also <laughs> Oscar and Danny being that lap down. And... I was just really happy they got both of the cars going and they were able to just go out there and kind of just race each other in the back, but also send that data to the team and be able to kind of almost as another practice, I guess you, a very long practice, I guess you could say under race conditions to where they could send data to the team to where they can take that data and learn different things and apply it into these last two races, which was really good to see, even though Oscar had floor damage that they couldn't fix. Yeah. Still ended up having a good race yeah, under these conditions. I think it was, you know, good that we had that 
red flag that gave them that time to get those fixes done. Um, but yeah, like you said, I know, especially McLaren, they were using, they put Oscar out immediately on those medium tires just so they could get information that might help Lando throughout the race when he switched onto those mediums. So speaking of Lando went from P7 to P2 within the first turn before the first turn and then of course the red flag so they had another standing start and for a while there I thought Lando was going to pass Max he had such an amazing start I they both had a good start but Lando had that you know just a little bit better start I guess you could say almost passing Max and it was once again, really good to see that McLaren, who has a Mercedes engine, funny enough, up there fighting against a Red Bull. I feel like we don't see many cars fighting against a Red Bull, but that McLaren this last couple races has been fighting up at the top, and it's been really awesome to see. Yeah, he definitely got a good start, um, which was good to see, um, especially going from P7 all the way up to P2 and getting past you know, all those drivers. Um, and then, yeah, with that restart, another, you know, good start. Staying close to Max. Um, almost getting past him at one point. Um, Hoping for that Lando win. Yeah. Guess I'll just have to hope a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like Checo also got a decent start. He made up a position, made up one or two positions there at the start, but then kind of got stuck behind. You had several drivers side by side, and he just kind of couldn't couldn't move up anymore. Due to that red flag. And then, yeah, of course, the red flag coming out and making it so he, he couldn't pass anymore. But. but then he had great, you know, he overtook a lot of people and ended up getting into the fight that we saw most of the race. Yeah, I was going to say... With Fernando. Yeah. He... I feel like throughout the whole race, he had someone he was fighting, whether it was, you know, the Mercedes, or there towards the last third of the race, um, Fernando. And, you know, I... I love seeing them race, but I also know how hard it can be on the tires. And so being able to watch him, you know, stay close. Because staying in DRS range and right behind those cars, you really, you know, have to work hard on not overdoing the tires. And so good to see the fighting without, you know, ruining the tires and being able to stay close. And can I say that ending between... I... I... Well... I was going to say, I was jumping up and down. I know you are jumping up and down because we, we were watching it both, together. We both were jumping up and down and screaming <laughs> our heads off when Checo, Checo passed Alonzo. And then, oh, so sad. I, I mean, I love their reaction afterwards because really it just shows how close of a fight it was. Um, but yeah, that pass back. That was devastating. Part of me was so sad, but happy for Alonzo. And it was just 
so good to see how happy Checo was afterwards, even if he didn't get that podium. Podium. Just the fact that he was happy with the fighting. He said it was so much fun, you know, and that, you know, he could do it with someone who he knew would show him that respect on the track. He wouldn't fight hard with. And then their hug in the media pen. That was so heartwarming. Yes. And Fernando joking about how you can't put him under as much stress because he's not 20 anymore. <laughs> that, that made me laugh. That, yeah. It was so good to see two very experienced drivers fighting to the end. I know after, just because I wanted Checo to get that podium piece, he deserves it. Alonso deserves it too, don't get me wrong. But hoping that the timing screen was off oh, and yes. that Checo actually won I know it was so like it was so hard to tell just by looking at it because of how close they it were. Was so close. But yeah, I I mean I was just happy, you know, having started from P nine that he was even, you know, fighting for that podium spot with you know Fernando. Still so happy with that. I, I think was, it was just definitely a good weekend overall for him. Yeah. Um, some other downs after we've kind of had that high of Checo and Alonso. Sainz's issue towards the very end. I thought they were going to have to retire his car with like two, three, four laps to go. And I was like, don't retire the car. Just push it to the end. Push it to the end. At least get a Ferrari. He was in the points. I was like, at least have a Ferrari in the points, please. And... Really glad to see that he could keep pushing, even though he was having those issues. couple other sad moments. We had both Joe and Bottas having to retire their cars. Um, due. Due to those Ferrari engines that are in the back of them. So, you know. A little suspicious. Not a great weekend for those Ferrari engines. No. Um, we also had... Um, Russell. Russell retiring due to oil leaking in his in his engine leaking somewhere in the car which I found out after the race don't remember what exactly it was but he had oil leaking somewhere ended up just not having to continue his race yeah. and I mean overall I mean we've mentioned it before just not Mercedes weekends I th- think Russell was just barely, I can't remember if he was just barely in the points or just barely gotten out of the points at the time he had to retire. I think he was barely in the points. Yeah, just not doing great anyways. So, sad to see that. Also, just want to mention, because we are in the U.S., that Logan Sargent was so close to his points again. I know. So close. He keeps getting right on the verge. We keep getting those P11, P12s being so close. And I really hope that he can maybe, you know, get another point or two before the end of the season. Maybe that home race will be lucky for him again. <laughs> I know. He needs some more home race magic next. Next. I guess it's what? Not this weekend. Next. Next weekend, weekend after, yeah. Next so. weekend. But yeah. I think overall we had 
pretty good weekend. We had several good drivers up there fighting at the top. Drivers we don't see up at the top. I feel like some of the most, you know, exciting action. In a while. Yeah. It's been a long while since we've had so much, you know, wheel-to-wheel fighting for pretty much the entire length of the race. There was always something going on. Yeah. But... Vegas is going to be exciting. Yes. I'm very excited for what is to come in Vegas. No one's driven it. No one knows anything about Vegas. Yeah. And I feel like there's still so many exciting, like, you know, storylines to follow for the next two races. We have a couple tight battles going on in the championship standings. We still, I mean, Checo did get a little bit bigger of a gap on Lewis this week. Um, I think he's now 32 points or something above Lewis. But then we have um, Lando, who is just a few points behind um, Alonzo. But yeah, so all exciting things that we have coming up to, you know, see in the last few races. Next week, we will have our introduction where we will explain a little bit more about Sherelle and I and how we got into Formula One and how we've become really good friends in watching Formula One together. But it'll also be our first podcast with talking about IndyCar, as this is F1 and IndyCar. And we will kind of talk about how we started watching IndyCar. Maybe we'll talk about our favorite teams with F1 and IndyCar and some of our favorite drivers and just talk about a little bit more about us so you guys can get to know us. And I think also with that, we will do Vegas predictions, if I'm correct. Yes, yep. Because it'll be really, it's the only podcast we have in between now and the Vegas race. So we'll throw that into the end of that episode, probably. And it'll be the track where nobody's been to, so I feel like these predictions could go anywhere. Yep. Okay. Well, that is it for this week, and we hope you will join us for our introduction episode next week. This has been F1 Indie Girls. We hope to see you next week.